Hey, how are you? Ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, you okay? I'm good. You sound blue. No. Are you blue? No. Huh. You sure? Yep. Do you want to use this as an opportunity to air some grievances? <laughs> no, I'm ready to get started. Do you want me to, to kind of walk you through it, talk you through it? Yeah, I mean, if you want, sure. Is this, I mean, is this a show? Are we doing Yeah, it? yeah, it is. Okay. It is. <clears throat> yeah, we've got a lot of requests for this. Dan <laughs> seems a little blue. Maybe Merlin should walk him through it, talk him through yeah, it. Okay, yeah, sure, I'm game. Let's try mm -hmm. it. How'd you sleep last night? Not not enough, not enough. My um, my son was off school for mo on Monday. Yes. And I don't know, I, I still do this did, thing. Did he, get, did he get revved up? Did he get, like, he have too much candy or something? No, uh, but like... I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I find it's not that I'm like, it's not like I want to stay up, but I seem to want to resist sleep well, I, I as long as that. possible. Mm -hmm. And, and, but like importantly, not for a reason, let no. alone a good reason. No, no reason. Just resistance. Literally yeah. nothing. Everything, every single thing about, the environment about the world about myself says you should really go to sleep and then i say no you know what no i'm going to continue to watch a show that i'm not really interested in okay so that's important though you are <laughs> at that at the moment when it first and you tell me it's your story i'm just walking and talking you through it but uh, yeah but if i understand you're sitting there probably a lot like me watching tv by mm -hmm. yourself yeah usually by yourself so you have you have free reign you're full king in the castle full control king in the castle uh -huh. and you um you feel the tickle that says, Hey bud, hey bud, you know, it's about that time. Yeah. And you first you just ignore it and then yeah. you're actively fighting it. To what, the what, point, what uh yeah, you what, what makes you what makes you generally speaking finally decide to uh capitulate? Uh I mean, I wanna say that I usually just say, Ah, it's about that time, but that's not true. That would be a lie. It's I'll usually <laughs> fall that asleep. That would be rational. Yeah. I'll usually fall asleep. For a period of time, anywhere from five minutes to 45 minutes, wake up and say, oh, crap, it's two o'clock now or whatever. Yeah. And then just go to bed as quickly as possible after that. That's so funny you should say that. Um, we're going to come back to your therapy in a minute. Okay. Uh, that's something a lot of people have been asking for um, in the Discord uh, that I definitely am in. Um, I keep that in one window. Yeah, I'm streaming in the other. Uh, try guys, and um, I had a very similar experience. Well, first of all, in terms of prologue, I, there's a thing I read that is just a factoid or a you know <laughs> a, a a noshable fact. Sure. That feels true to me. Okay. Um, and I might have actually first read this in something as, uh, you know, unscientific as rules of thumb, but every hour of sleep you get before X is like N hours of sleep. After yeah, X. no, I read the same thing. It's, it's just like if you get to sleep before 11, like let's say you go to bed that's, at 10, that's, you've got I like a, yeah, four extra hours equivalent or something. But, well, something like, the, okay, I, I, I'm first of all, I'm not going to uh, quote what I remember from that because I don't think it's science. But what I will say is if I filled that particular, filled in that particular Mad Libs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can tell you every hour, um, every hour of sleep before midnight is like two hours of sleep or more after yeah. midnight. But more more saliently, once you're really in the game, uh, the quality of sleep, not just the length of sleep, but the quality of sleep is different. So I 
in my heart. And sometimes I really make this a formal project. I fully change all my settings in Apple Health. And I make, you know, from time to time, I will say, look, this is a thing I need to work on. And to work on it, I need to give it effort. To give it effort, I need an infrastructure, all that kind of stuff that means a lot to me. And I'll say, look, I need to go to bed, you know, 11 at the latest. 10 would be good. But in under no conditions am I to be going to bed at 1 or 2, deliberately or unintentionally. Because honestly, the unintentionally is a big part of it, right? And uh, we'll get to this if we talk about, oh, God, I'm watching season 3 of Fargo right now. Oh, oh okay. After uh, like two years of my wife saying you should really watch season three, because I couldn't get into the Obi-Wan Kenobi season, which she said is also really good. Season two of Fargo. I, I did like the Obi-Wan Kenobi well, season. Well, that's what she says. She says, go back and give that another shot. And now there's a new one coming with, uh, with uh, it's going to take place a lot later on. Have you heard this? It's going to be with uh, the great John Hamm. And with Juno Temple from uh, Ted Lasso. I haven't heard that. That's cool. That'll be good. I haven't seen the Ted Lasso, but I know the person you're talking about. Yeah, she's also in something else recently. But uh, she's a delight. But I, that is, I mean, my MO in general is, hey, bud, like, be aware of what you're doing and don't unintentionally stay up later than your brain, your morning, smart morning brain knows right. is good. Um and I've been working on that informally. I haven't gone all in in my usual way. With that said, uh, hey, happy birthday to my wife yesterday and Matt nice. Howie. I sh- I, it's yeah, Matt part- Howie. I-, I always know it's almost my birthday when Matt Howie has his birthday. I just went in Slack and I just said to Matt, hey, one of these years, I will remember that you and my wife share a birthday. But for now, <laughs> happy belated birthday. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so we got out to dinner. We had a nice, nice family uh, day yesterday. Um, which we should mention is now it's, uh, I mean, I don't know what it's like where you are, but you know, it's always one of those, it's one of those new style warring holidays where for years it was Columbus day. And then a lot of people very legitimately said, Hey, you know, Columbus was kind of a piece of crap. Maybe we should, you know, celebrate the people that he killed and stole from. And so you get indigenous people's day versus Columbus day. And I'm not sure if people can agree on it. It's a national holiday. And yet, for example, my wife didn't have yet. UCSF doesn't get yesterday off. It's weird. But that's why your kid was off school, right? For Columbus slash Indigenous Yeah, People's mostly, Day. yeah. What do they call it there? Columbus Day. Still this Columbus is te- Day. Yeah, it's Texas. They're going to stick with that for a long time. Oh, that, that is a form, technically, of uh, remembering the Alamo. Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I have not done this thing in at least weeks, and probably, honestly, hasn't. it's been months since I fell asleep on the couch. Which well, good I for always you. feel well, no, but you described. I think you were moving towards a similar thing, which is you wake up and you feel kind of ashamed. Like I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm a grown man. I'm not supposed to fall right. asleep on the couch. Yeah, I'm. I'm not three, and I'm not eighty. Like I should have some executive function over this. Right. And I wasn't like drunk and passed out or something. It was no. just. I. I just. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember what the last thing I watched was. It might. I should know. My body should tell me that when I go from whatever I'm watching to YouTube which tends to be the last thing I watch before I go to sleep for better or for worse for hours or for seconds. Like that should be my body, my brain signal to go, Hey, but when you turn on YouTube, that's your body telling you it's time to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. And if I wake up and, and like the auto play stuff has taken me somewhere very odd. I, I'm like, Oh God. Anyway, last night I checked this morning when I woke up and here's the thing, Dan, you know this. You're a retired Buddhist. You know this, <laughs> and this is this is uh, my my word of the year. This is instrumental for me. Is it's one thing to feel bad, and it's another thing to feel bad about feeling bad. The single biggest advancement that I've made in the last within the last year of sleep is like if I do have a bad night of sleep, 
I've habituated myself to not feel bad about a bad night of sleep, which makes all the difference in the world, as you know, right? Well, yeah, because there's no second arrow. It's a second arrow situation. And it's true of everything. And I find myself saying it all the time. How much suffering in this world, oh boy, this is going to be a whole episode. Yeah. No, and, and, but no, not just, not just, you know, bringing back the 11 year old topic of the second arrow, but like, I, can you write that down? Can we talk more about uh, suffering and uh, sad about sad? Would you write that down? I'm writing it. Thank you. You're writing with a pencil? I'm typing it. You're typing it. It's not your lead holder. No, that's right here though. Okay. Um, but I didn't feel too bad about it. And the funny part is this morning when I woke up and I opened my sleep app, I sleep with an Apple watch, which gives me a very consistent, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's reliable enough in terms of consistency that even if it's not flawless at every second of the night, it's definitely a pattern to watch over days, weeks, and months. Um, I fell asleep on the couch last night at 10 PM and what? slept, I slept through to, to my conscious awareness I slept till 1 a.m. I've slept for three hours Whoa. sitting upright on the couch. <laughs> was your neck th- okay? No, it was fine. It was fine. Um, no, I was lucky. I wasn't like, it's not like, I, and, and just to be clear, I, I have so many aging person maladies that I think might be a form of probably arthritis, but also sometimes I just sleep wrong and I get injuries. I used to think it was sad, and now I think it's funny, and I just deal with it, and I try not to feel bad about it, which makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, but... It's, it's really, it really is true though that like, I don't know, you have to like have this existential budget for care. Whoa. Ooh. Ooh. You have to have an, that might be good. An existential, existential budget, budget for, for, care. for care. Because QED, you can't care about everything. You can't care at the same time and equally about everything, you know, like see also, you know, priorities and arms. But like you, you can only, you only have a certain budget. If you think about, you can change the slices of the pie, but you can't change the size of the pie mm. in terms of the, do you know what I mean? If I you think do. about your life as a pie graph and the distribution of care, boy, these are good title, title, title. Um, but, um, I mean, in order to care more about one thing, I think it's difficult to not find yourself needing to consciously, if you like care less or care less uh, vigorously about mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, and, you know, and again, if you build a habit and it becomes more natural, that's a different kind of thing. But I don't know. I, there's, it's such sleep is so slippery and yet so important in the wisdom project. It comes up again and again because it comes up again and again for me. Another classic, if you don't know what you want, it's probably sleep. You know, it's, it's true for babies and it's true for us. Um, but you, so you didn't sleep a lot. Do you think you'll get a nap today? No, and that's the other thing is I'm not, I, and we've talked about this occasionally, I have had brief periods of my life where I've been able to take a nap. Um, this story goes that when I was about a year and a half old or two years old, my mom would come into the room and I would be standing up in the crib just looking at her. Okay, standing that's ter- up, that is frankly terrifying. Yeah, waiting, waiting like for Like the girl from up. The Ring? Just like that, or or what's the other one? The uh, fake documentary, the where oh, they're yeah, in the yeah, woods I know what you mean. and they're staring the, in the corner. Oh, Blair Witch. I was Blair thinking Witch. the other the other fake one with the cameras. The uh, yeah, but same deal. No, you're you're basically a Korean water ghost. Yeah, pretty is much. That, is that racist? It might no. be racist. Uh-uh. And so I'm, you know, also, you're I, an Austin water ghost. I'm not. Uh, I'm not much of a napper. I think because of that. But there were times in there was in eleventh grade. 
after school and before work, I somehow managed to get into a habit where I would, uh, I was able to kind of in the short, you know, hour after getting home from school, before I had to leave to work, I was able to somehow lay down in my clothes and everything and just lay on top of the bed and sleep until Suzanne one day decided to just come in to my house. Suzanne. And from the, from the Leonard, from the, um, the Lou Reed song or, or from the Leonard Cohen song? The Leonard Cohen. Okay. She took and, you down to a place near the river? Yeah. And she would okay. just, she came in one time and didn't, didn't want, did not wake me, didn't say anything about it. And then the next day at school, she's like, well, I was, <laughs> I was in your house yesterday. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, I, I went inside your house and uh, you were sleeping. So I left. Okay. And that was that a lady friend? No, just a friend, not even a lady friend. You have a friend named Suzanne. She would just come in your house and watch you sleep. That was apparently the only time that she did that. And it just happened to be the... So after that, I was like, well, I'm not napping anymore. So then I I napped again briefly in 2018. Okay. Wow, that's that's wonderfully specific. Yeah, um, for about a, a because, period because of mid, a month or mid, two. The midterm elections. Probably. Yeah, I think I was okay. just tired yes, from that. Yes. Yeah. But that's really it. So I'm not much of a napper. I don't. I can't really get myself into it. And and I run into this problem because you know you're supposed to take a power nap. It's supposed to be 20 minutes long. And it's different I think, for everybody. Different for everybody. You know, Galileo would hold a spoon over a plate, and as soon I as that was Dali. Whatever. They're all the same painters. It's called dropping the spoon, and it's a thing. And he and and so I tried that but I ne- never worked and and then the other thing is this I want to snap I want to nap for 20 minutes yeah and so you what are you going to do you're going to set an alarm for what 30 minutes and hope that you fall asleep in 10 minutes no and what's what, going to happen whilst, is I'm going to fall asleep at 29 minutes and then the alarm will go off and whilst your whilst one is boy I'm apparently I'm becoming a, a very uh a very strange a British person, person. Whilst one is worrying about the whole, oh God, every second that I'm awake and worrying about being awake, see also second arrow, worrying mm-hmm. about worrying, mm-hmm. because you're going That's like, the oh, story of me and napping is worrying about worrying. I would love to talk about that. You know what? Well, I don't have that much else. I got a bunch of, a bunch of BS about apps and, and uh, Chris Rock. Uh, I just have to talk. I just have to tell you at, tell me. at some point before or after that story, I would like for you to reserve a little time for me to tell the story about the dishwasher. I want to hear about the dishwasher. Also for the third week in a row, I'm finally going to remember to mention it to you. I want to hear about drawing adorable. I keep oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So we can talk about that. Because mine are becoming scarier and scarier. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. I'll send you some of my creatures. But, okay. Um, all right. But no, don't you think that's part of it, though? Is yes. Oh, that, no, that's almost all of it, I would say. Well, okay. So like 15 minutes ago, for example, I made fresh iced tea. Nice. Where I make iced tea. And uh, I have a method uh, uh, where, where I put in three, they're called family size Lipton tea bags. I put it in a big picture. Family size. Family size. And what? I, as opposed to your like little like dainty like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Archbishop of Canterbury-sized ones. Mm-hmm. These are big boys, and I do three of those with boiling water. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says on the thing there, you know, three to five minutes. And so I always say, I'll, you know, I, every time I remember, because I know I need to remember, I say, hey, dingus, mm-hmm. like set an iced tea timer for four minutes. And sometimes I miss it. And But like the funny thing is, that's the human mind. On the one hand, we are so bad about remembering what three minutes feels like. Like, I'm a, I'm a grown man, Dan, nominally. 
And like, I shouldn't need a three minute timer to remember there's tea. And yet I do. But at the same time, setting a timer for a nap, if you're new to napping, and I'm going to get to this in a second, uh, please write this down, uh, sleep rehearsal. Okay. My note that I'm going to give in a second that I'll give now is that instead of thinking of it as a nap, think of it as sleep rehearsal or sleep practice. Practice. Let's cut to the chase. Let's, Let's talk about something talk important. talk about something important. Here's the thing. I, 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 first of all, I want to be clear. I am not here to stand for naps. I'm not trying to persuade people to do naps because naps don't work for everybody. But with that said, a lot of the people who say, claim, people who say aloud, <laughs> I can't nap <laughs> right. because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that's cool. Like, and if that, if you can't nap and it doesn't bug you, okay, cool. If you're super proud of the fact you can't nap, Hakuna Matata. No, I, I hate look. it. I would love. I tell you what. Listen, yeah. I, I when I was in South Korea, mm. I went to one of these fish markets in Busan. Busan. And there How were P U S A N. Oh, and there Pusan's was not Busan though, because Busan has a train with zombies. No spoilers, right? Uh, they are different is, places. Maybe is this I like don't. a Beijing Peking type? No, situation? you know, I think it. I think Busan is Busan, and it used to be. With a oh, P and now it's, it's with a it's B. It's nobody's business but the Turks. I when get it. I was there, it had a P, so I'm going to call it that. But it's probably Busan now. Anyway, I was there fish market. at this fish market, and there was a woman. And this, you got to understand, Merlin. Yeah. yeah, okay. This is a bustling, loud. There's machinery. There's people shouting. There's auctions going on. There's giant fish being, you know, dragged out, cut up. People shouting about it. There's customers. It's kind, of, kind of like the one in Seattle, like yes. the bustling fish market. There are people dining. There's all, all, all manner can of I, can noise. Can I just point out in passing, I don't speak French as a language, but I'm pretty sure that the French word for fish is poisson. It looks like poison with two S's. It's very <laughs> okay. close to poisson, just okay. so you know. Well, there you go. That, maybe there's that no coincidence that. So it's bustling. There's fish. They're cutting up things. There was a woman. I would guess she was in her 50s who had laid down on top of a table <laughs> and was not just like a little bit asleep. She was fully out and she was wearing the, she was one of the eel women. <laughs> the she eel was women, the eel women. They okay. have a uh, live eel that they serve. And in order to get the eel out of the aquarium Ooh, and, and cut it up. freak me out. Sam, uh, not Sam Harris. He's the guy with that bad podcast. Sam Donaldson. Sam Donaldson, the actor in A Hunt for the Wilder People, he catches he catches an eel and is going to cut it up. And it completely, it, like, like Ricky Baker, it completely freaks, freaks <laughs> yeah, me out. Yeah, they're, they're wild. But she had on like the giant gloves and the sort of raincoat frock and was laying on top of a table in the middle of all of this completely asleep and I looked How at her and I was like, she lives, you know, you, 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 you travel and you get to learn about different people and cultures and ways of life. And it just occurred to me as I stood there looking at this woman, there's just, there's were, were no, you envious? were you envious? Well, yeah, but it, I was it's like, true. Cause it seemed like she was faking probably, right? No, she was not. I mean, it was so clear that she was doing this. And part of, I think the reason she was doing it was just a little grandstanding cause she knew I was going to be there. Oh, big flex. Big flex, weird flex, showboating, worst flex. Yeah, yeah, she's high, high, high hatting you. But I just looked at her. I'm like, there's there. She and I couldn't possibly be more different <laughs> because, true. like, I can't even imagine a, a world where I'm 
even yeah. comfortable enough on it laying flat on a just a table. Well, let's be weird about it. How comfortable are you in any bustling area in public, closing <laughs> your eyes, closing your eyes, <laughs> let alone losing consciousness? Not very. <laughs> Not great, Bob. <laughs> it's so envious. I'm sending you something right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of Hunt for the Wilder People, which is such a good movie, you guys. Is this so one with good. the one with Bigfoot? Yeah. It's with, um, I'm going to get this, I'm going to stop being funny now, and I'm going to say it's a wonderful, you know, just watch it. It's a wonderful Taika Waititi movie with um, Sam Donald. Jurassic Park. Sam? Dress, Sam Drescher. Sam Drescher. Yeah. Sam Drescher. The nanny is in it. <laughs> Not Sam Harris. Sam, oh, wait, hang on. Let's my Even kid. if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> I know. Sam. Sam. Okay, I'm going to have to do it. Jurassic Park. Sam Bell. Yeah, I'm I'm literally so angry right now, Sam. Jurassic Park, Sam. Um, Sam the, uh, the great the great New Zealand actor, Sam Neill. Oh, Sam Neill, of course. And it's got this one, this little kid who you've seen in other things. Did you ever see Deadpool two? Yeah, I've seen them all. And you so if you've seen Deadpool two or you've seen uh, the, that one good Transformers movie, um, Bumblebee, he's the kind of <laughs> like heavy, you in the chair. <laughs> You're with your neck like that? No, did you get what I sent you? Yes, I'm looking at okay. it. Okay, well, we're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> anyway, uh, check out Hunt for the Wilder People. It's really good. Ricky Baker, Ricky Baker. Um, no, that is a thread called Ta- Taika Naptiti. And please click through and look at it. <laughs> and it's a compilation. It's funny. <laughs> Somebody has collected a whole bunch of pictures of Taika Watiti taking naps. Because in, I guess, his retinue, like in his group, he is known as somebody who naps a lot and can take a nap pretty much anywhere. And I, I put it in notes, um, Taika Waititi sleeping, and some of them are joke pictures, but like he really, appara- this is apparently like a whole thing people know about is Taika Waititi can sleep anywhere. And I feel the same way. I'm like, you're, like, you're I faking. That, but I want that. I wish I could do that. I really wish I could. Um, so the pitch I was going to make to you, and then I want to hear about something you like, and then we can talk about pain and suffering. Okay. Um, is that... I, I, I'm going to give you just a, 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 an unrequested note and a possible reframe, mm. which is like when we, and there's a phrase I'm always using, you're like, oh, like you're trying to knock down a door. We put so much effort into things. We get so wound up about things. And what does that winding up do? It does nothing good for us. It makes us like crazy people. And, you know, instead of the gentle kind of inclinations that can enable us to find ourselves doing something more of what we would like to be doing. And if you keep going, nap, 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 I'm bad at nap. I'm no good at nap. Can't nap. And that's the noise you make, or one makes, whilst they're trying to nap. <laughs> uh-huh. But I, instead of thinking of it as a nap that you're terrible at, think of it as sleep rehearsal or sleep practice. Okay. So, like, if you start, like, when I started playing trombone, well, let's be honest, spoiler alert, I never got good at trombone because it wasn't fun. I wasn't into it. Let's let's talk about guitar. Let's talk about something important. When we first start playing guitar, like, you don't know. I, I mean, my, the most difficult part of learning guitar for me was tuning. I could never. I had a cheap guitar, bad, really bad intonation. Well, every every beginner guitar starts out with the cheapest guitar, and those are the ones with the the biggest problems with tuning. Terrible and, action, and, yeah. terrible. I didn't even know what intonation was at the time. I didn't know like what the little saddles meant. You know, at the uh, down at the the bridge. What's it called? Um, anyway, that was. But you know, over time, you get less bad at it. Well, how do you get less bad at it? You do it, and like you ha- you do it with a heart that says, "I'd like to be less bad at this." Mm-hmm. But you can't. You also can't get mad at yourself about. I, I, well, I'll put it this way: I, 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 I have found over time that having a slightly more relaxed thing about learning anything is a good idea. 
not thinking like, oh, I'm bad at math. I'm bad at music. I'm you know, like, I can't do these things. And you're, it's back to your anecdote from the beginnings of this show. Like you're going to fall, you're going to fall, you're going to fall. You're telling yourself that you can't do it. Well, just as a dumb reframe, play with me in the space for a minute. What if you said, instead of taking a nap, which I can't do and I'm terrible at, I'm going to set myself to a practice of sleep rehearsal. So no, in a way, I mean, I, am I understanding yeah, that you're you saying don't. this? It, a little bit takes, it sounds like it kind of, it's, it's a mental trick that takes the pressure of saying, I must fall asleep. I'm That's here to fall big part asleep. Of it. Big, big, big part of it. To, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm practicing something. I'm trying okay, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me, let me distinguish. And I, again, as ever, I care a lot about words, but I'm not very smart. I think there's a distinction between, rehe- I think in my head anyway, of a distinction between rehearsal and practice when it comes to something like music. I think of rehearsal as something that um, you're, the, all the cast of your play does together. Or I think of rehearsal as something that your band does together. Hey, let's play that song. Let's rehearse playing that song. I think it's useful to think of practice as something you do, practice as a noun. Um, no, sorry, practice as a verb. You practice maybe scales. You practice getting your hands on the keyboard like in the right way. Yeah, but yeah. but to one one is able to rehearse because one has practice mm-hmm. and you're you're learning and it's not just scales it's like it could just be like trying to learn the solo this one part of eruption or whatever like you sure. you practice it over and over and over but if you do it with a with a light heart rather than with like let me put it this way let's let's take the logic of quote i can't nap well okay not you but one whilst uh, how many times in the last year did you like take a nap just, just for the hell of it, and like, how many times really? And most people, I bet they'd say three, five, maybe six times ever in the last year. And it's like, okay, well, and each time it didn't work, and each time that served as further proof to you that you didn't know how to nap. And, and you know, it's a spo- double spoiler alert. This goes for everything in life. Um, but like, what if you said, okay, I'm going to sit down and practice learning the Phrygian mode, so I can play that Snake Charmer scale, that Richie Blackmore. Uh, you know, what I'm talking about Phrygian, the um, the harmonic minor. Uh, Snake Charmer scale. I know the notes. one that you're talking about. I couldn't play it. Oh wait, I I, I think I might be down tuned. I might be drop tuned, but let me see. Because I was playing, I was playing Everlong, so I might be down tuned. But let me. See. I kind of stay down tuned. What do you half a step? I just do drop D. On oh, drop the, um, D. I just do well, half a just, step just down. Dro- just drop D on the See. So snake charmer scale is like, let's see. Um, right? Mm-hmm. Phrygian mode. That's been Almost a while. like a killing an Arab song. Can we say that anymore? Oh, yeah. That would be like. <laughs> Can we list the name of a song? Um, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, I can also do Boys Don't Cry if I'm not drop tuned. Uh, here we go. You want to hear a little bit of Everlong? Mm-hmm. Right? right? Always. Ooh. Pretty cool, huh? Uh-huh. Guitar's fun. Anyway, uh, QED. Phrygian mode. There you go. Okay, but what if I did this? What if I sat down? Okay, Phrygian mode. 
God damn it. <laughs> we'll add a, I'll add it And then I literally the threw my guitar had. into the sea. That's not practicing. No. Because part of practicing is... <laughs> is being bad at the thing until you're slightly less bad at the mm-hmm. thing and then slightly less bad at the thing and you don't you don't give up on phrygian mode because you didn't get it right the first time even richie blackmore had to had to practice and rehearse what if you thought of a nap less as uh, making yourself do a thing you're terrible at and more as a thing where you're you're practicing you're rehearsing and what does that mean well here's my first piece of advice because you didn't ask is that like you say okay well you know today i'm gonna do a full-on churchill nap i'm gonna take off my clothes like a gentleman Put on my jammies if I want. And I'm going to get into the covers and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a nap. And you could it could be a maybe a no alarm nap on a day when it doesn't matter, like maybe like a, for me maybe like a like a Sunday afternoon kind of thing. And if you can't go to sleep, no big. Does that mean you never try it again? It doesn't. You just say, well, today wasn't my day. Maybe my maybe I had too much coffee. Maybe I used too many monkeys. Like whatever it was. But you keep you keep trying with a light heart and look at it as practice instead of preordained failure. I mean, the preordained failure thing is a big thing because I think a lot of the things that people do, you go into it thinking, well, that, that's not going to work. I won't be able to do that. Of course. And of that's course the hardest part right there is like, I know that if I'm going to lay down and take a nap, I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I know I'm not really going like, to Well, sleep. and the irony of that, at least for me, is uh, that it's, it's me trying to be a cool guy. Like me, be a cool guy going, oh man, I suck at that. Oh, I can't do that. And then when you can't do it, you're like, oh yeah, see, like, oh, naps are for nerds or whatever. Like, and and you, or then you, you try to self talk yourself into thinking that you don't need to nap. Well, I don't need it. I well, feel bad you, for all those and, people and again, that do. If you do. Well, if you don't, but then, but but this opens up a whole world, especially with naps, because one of the things that you once you have if you like succeeded at taking a nap a few times when you tried to take a nap, mm. when you said, oh, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go practice my sleep. Once you've done that and succeeded on more than one occasion, you're so much further ahead than you were all those other times. Sure. But you're still, you still have a road ahead of you. You will discover things like, Oh man. Um, like for a lot of people, personally, I, I think I hew pretty closely to that pseudoscientific idea that we sleep in 90 minute cycles. Like if I take a nap, it'll be generally an hour, hour and a half. Now there are other people who can, will, and do sleep for say 20 minutes who feel fantastic. That's my second Jonathan Colton reference. I feel fantastic. You, but like the thing is you might discover that sleeping for 90 minutes makes you feel like crap. Well, that's part of the practicing. Do do you know what I mean? It's like, and, and why am I telling you this? Because naps are good, but also because this is a big deal in any new or renewed thing that you do is that light heart about it. Not to take it unseriously, but not to create this high wire act with all these grave consequences if you, if you fail yourself or, or like maybe most damagingly, nobody, nobody I know would do this, but people who are, don't want to be life's chump. And when I'm a chump, if I try to do this thing and fail, mm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know, man. Tonight, what do you have a plan for tonight? Are you going to do that thing people talk about where you try to quote unquote catch up on your sleep? No. You should, I say be a gentleman. Be a gentleman about it. Could you, could you try to go to bed at 11, do you think? <clears throat> no. <laughs> you, you wouldn't even want to like undertake it's not, that? It's not. A, that's not on the roadmap for me. What about midnight? Are you watching I something could... you're particularly excited about? It's just hard. 
Is, is it, you know, some people are, I mean, not to trigger anybody, but some people are genuinely like a little phobic about going to sleep. People who have insomnia can eventually, that kind of insomnia, the really grave kind of insomnia that's very personal and emotional about which we definitely have feelings about feelings. Right. Where you like, you know, the famous one of like, I, I realize everyone I've wronged. I realize everyone has wronged me. <laughs> all those kinds of things. This is a thing. I'm going to find yeah. this goddamn article on insomnia that I read years find ago. It. No, I mean, insomnia. I've had lifelong insomnia and I, I've been through all aspects of it. Yes, but, but is that, do you want that to be your brand? And no, your I don't. I don't even want to think about Light it or heart, talk Dan. about it. Lighten your heart. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. And but you know, it's like funny whenever you mention it to someone, they've always or like they've always gotten. Well, why are you so yeah. tired? Well, I didn't R sleep rep, very rep well. Rub a hot towel around your head. Yeah, kind of advice. yeah. It, like you ever try sleeping on your back? You're oh, you know what? In, in almost fifty years, it never occurred to me to just try whoa, sleeping whoa, whoa, on my whoa, back. Whoa, whoa, Thank whoa. you. Sleep, sleep on my back. What? Like, what? No, I've always tried my side. I never thought about trying something as simple as just adjusting how I was laying. To, I, I didn't even know that was something you could do. And when I think about it, it feels <laughs> sinful. Right. Sleeping was on it my before back. or after you had your debilitating Xanax addiction? <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you know, I should have just yeah. thought of sleeping on my back instead yeah, of taking the like, Xanax. When the mom says to Bobby, have you tried not being a mutant? Thanks, mom. <laughs> right. I just told you that. I'm class M mutant. I'm going to freeze the world. Oh, man. Um, you know, no, no, Holly, no, Holly, the guy who does the uh, does uh, Fargo. He also is the guy that does Legion, you know, no, Holly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan, we could talk. I've got a bunch of things I'm going to find because my boss, Giles, the best boss I ever had, had this kind of insomnia. And when I read this article about the kind of insomnia that he has, and I think a lot of people have without knowing it, uh, oof, you know, and, and really back, back, back to my, uh, <laughs> uh, back to my what? <laughs> back, back, this is on back, brand. That's all. It's back, on brand. Back. Uh, back to my uh, bet noir and back in the day of uh, procrastination. That's why that, um, uh, the, uh, what's it called? The now habit was so good because that's the first book I ever read that said procrastination is not it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because it's because you procrastinate because you feel a sense of, uh, of unnecessarily large danger mm. about doing something. That's part one. I, mm. okay, this is my, that guy's a hypnotist. Let's get that out of the way. He's a PhD. Who's a hypnotist. I just want to get that out of the way. But, uh, Neil Fury, not with all respect, but, but like, you know, it's always two things with me. Um, if you, why are you not doing that thing? Well, I don't, not doing that thing because I have procrastination and it's something a, a strictly neurotypical person may not have, mm -hmm. but, and it's okay that you don't understand that, but if you wanted to understand it, here's a way to look at that. Okay. For people who procrastinate, it's because we have unintentionally, we are, if you like experiencing, we're feeling an exaggerated sense of danger about something that really probably doesn't need to have that exaggerated sense. Now, if you have ADHD and you lack the right amount of dopamine, guess what happens? The more you procrastinate, the closer you get to actually getting a dopamine charge out of it. Not enough of a dopamine charge to have you actually do the, do the work, which is not to say that work doesn't get done, but uh, if you're a procrastinator, there's things you procrastinate about. Part one, huge sense of danger. And then the part that really seals it, I think somewhat neurologically, hmm. I, I'm speculating, is that you get away with it. Mm -hmm. So when I had to turn in, I, I hadn't started, you know, let's, let's go back to, you know, having to do 
schoolwork, homework, those worst kinds of things, which is like, let's say science fair project, right? A science fair project is going to be due in two months. Get started on it now. Start filling out your index cards. And of course, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. It would get closer and closer. Not close enough for me to actually do any work on it. But I would feel more and more like even starting this feels dangerous and scary because I don't know if I can even do this at all. But then imagine, think about what happens when you, if you like get away with it. Like something you were dreading, anything in life where you were dreading it and you got away with it, I think that creates an unintentional, I don't want to say neurological, but if just in terms of habits anyway, you've, gener- you've now developed a habit of rewarding, your, your, your chemistry rewards you when you get away with something that felt like it might kill you. And that's one of the problems. That's the, mm-hmm. the behavioral, to my, to my mind, that's the behavioral problem, the component of procrastination is you end up, you don't realize that, that you just got rewarded with a little squirt because you got away with it. And, you know, so that's, there's a lot of things in life where we tell ourselves we're bad at, we tell ourselves we dread it, all this kind of stuff. And yet there is a weird, and this does relate again to that Buddhism book that I'm reading, um, why Buddhism is, is, why Buddhism is true. Um, it's a lot of that, like, kind of like pre-human wiring in us, the stuff that was meant to carry our genes on faster to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad, bad choices, bad decisions. Make it a practice. What are you watching right now? And then I want to hear about something you like. Oh, you know I what? Mean... Tell me about something you like. I actually do. <clears throat> I think I do want to mention the Noah Hawley show. Uh, Fargo, and we could also talk about suffering. And, and you had another thing where I'm going to hear about your adorable drawing. This is going to be a three-hour episode. Dishwasher. Dishwasher. Okay. Hey, Dan, yeah. would you please uh, do me a favor and tell me about something that you like? I'll tell you about Squarespace Oh, today. come on. That's Square. what I'm talking about. Love Squarespace. I think we were like one of the first shows they ever sponsored back in 1982. I was uh, I, I was a guest appearance on the, the John Gruber show. Uh, it's not out yet, but and John did an ad for for the, uh, for Squarespace, and I had to confess that I was literally wearing a Squarespace shirt, totally accidentally, just because I have like four Squarespace. Yeah, shirts. they used to send out American Apparel gray. They were like Ryan? a Heather Gray, little Ryan. He's got to be like what twenty three, twenty four now. Yeah, yeah, he could probably vote. Well, he's, he's certainly a big boy. Yeah, he's always been a big boy. I bet he still has that crazy hair, though, don't you think? <laughs> do you think he ever did a thing where he cut it real short? Didn't he do that once? Oh, he's so cute, Ryan. Little Ryan. Little Ryan. Dan, yeah, could you tell around. me something about kicking, Squarespace? You know? Is Squarespace still around? Squarespace is still around, even if little Ryan... Are they still in active development, Dan, at Squarespace? Yeah, absolutely. They are working on stuff night and day over there, toiling, I would even say, to build... What I think is probably the best place to build your brand, grow your website, grow your business. This is what they do. They they make at, at its heart, it's about making a website, but there's a lot more that they do. They let you sell anything now. You can sell products, content you create. You can even sell your time. If you're somebody who works on the clock, you want to schedule appointment with, with people. Your customers want to come in and schedule an appointment with you. You can do all of that. First of all, they make it look really, really beautiful and they make it easy to build an exceptionally attractive website. And they do that without you having to know any HTML or CSS. You can update it, change the content, whatever you want, all with just this amazing user interface that they have. It's genius the way that they put this thing together. I still love Squarespace for this better than than anyone else that I've used. 
But beyond just the e-commerce stuff that I mentioned, they have stuff like inventory management now. They've got a simple checkout process. They've got secure payments. Every Whoa. single thing is built in. And I mentioned before, you can do things like buy appointments. So maybe you're like a general contractor. Or you're a, you know, you cut hair, whatever it is. They make it possible for people to just go to the website, your website, and schedule something with you. And you can manage all of that without any help. You don't need an assistant. It's, it's really, really great. And maybe, you know, you're not even the business owner, but like, you know, someone who's struggling with this, you can tell them about it. All they need to do is head over to squarespace.com slash it's your show. They're going to get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the promo code, or as you say, offer code, it's your show that will give you 10% off of your first purchase of a website. And they also sell domains. You can use that to get a, your next domain. You're not ready for a site. You don't want a site yet. It's no big deal. It's your show is the code to use at squarespace.com slash it's your show. Go there, save yourself 10% off, and uh, and that's it. We really appreciate the many, many, many years of support that Squarespace has given us. So thanks again. Squarespace.com slash It's Your Show. Promo code It's Your Show. Save 10%. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck, buck. Um, This is not the ad, but I, it's 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 very easy for people like you and me to remember that there was a time when, understandably, getting your stuff onto the internet, onto the web, was... The experience of doing that was much more tuned to the sensibilities of less of designers even and more of like programmers, engineers, people like that. You might even be doing stuff in the in the command line a lot of the time. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? Um, I'm going to tell you. Um, today, Doug Bowman posted something. Uh, the wonderful, the great, the great Doug Bowman. He posted something today about uh, it's been 20 years since that epic do you remember the Wired.com redesign that he and Veen and them did oh, 20 years yeah. ago? It was wow. like, it was like, when, that was 20 years ago, 20 years ago. But, Dang. and this was stuff where if you're one of the geeks in the audience, this is where, you know, Doug was doing stuff I had never seen. I didn't even, I never, it never occurred to me you could do when I still didn't know how to do decent CSS and, you know, code that would, uh, validate. He was doing stuff like using ID tags to change the color of the navigation system. Mm. So like on this section of the site, the body had an ID tag and I don't know, he did all this crazy stuff. I mentioned that because I don't, I won't say I worked for, I worked with, I worked alongside Doug and a team uh, at a company whose pitch was, I think if you could get their pitch down to a, a nut, it was that like there is a business value to user experience that is real and is quantifiable which was a crazy idea 20 years ago that you would go to like a giant company and say, I mean, now today it feels like table sticks, right? Like, but back in the day to say user experience, you know, the, the UX of your site, how your, it feels to use your site has a business value to it. And that's Squarespace, baby. That's mm -hmm. the thing. That's nice. the, it's like, it really, they have, they've made a site for people to use. It's not a site for dorks to use. And that's why I that's feel right. uh, one of the numerous reasons I feel so good recommending them to people. Hi, Doug Bowman. You know, Doug Bowman's the one, he's the reason that 43 folders existed. Yeah. Did I tell you that? Yeah. I mean, he's, I told you the story, right? We're, we're sitting together. We're sitting at desks okay. at this company and he was, he basically just rented a desk there and I was a project manager at this company and, and uh, we'd eat lunch together and Doug's the best and and I would say stuff to Doug, like, uh, oh, have you seen this thing, Quicksilver? It's really cool. You can do this and you can do that. And, he goes, and Doug, who in my memory at the time, uh, who's a very cool guy, right? Very sexy guy. And Doug talked kind of like, uh, in, in my head, he talked like Clint Eastwood. And he mm. goes, you know, Merlin, 
that's really good. You should start a site about that. Yeah. I say, it's a, the true story, true story. Like I would give, uh, while we were eating kebabs on the roof, I would tell Doug about this crazy stuff I was finding, Firefox extensions, getting things done, all of those things. And it, the, the, uh, the closest thing to a direct inspiration in some ways was lunch, my lunches with Doug. That guy's talented, man. He's got the talent, yeah. He's got the talent. Yeah. Um, you know, congratulations to everybody. Why not? Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Wait, wait, no, wait, I can do this. I can do this. We started on time. Oh, right. man, so we're 45 minutes in? Uh, I mean, it sounds right. Let me see here. Uh, 44, okay. 40, well, yeah, 44 All right, minutes. well, let's do, let's reconnoiter here because we got, I got some stuff. Um, Eel Women, Austin Water Ghost, Leonard Cohen. Oh, yeah. Oh, so Cocktail for, for Ventura is out. I had some uh, graphic things. I can uh, jettison per, as usual. Why do I prepare for this? Why do I prepare for the show anymore, Dan? I should just keep one running list of stuff. And I could just dip into that as needed. Would that that would that be a good direction for the show? I, I think it would. Yeah, I miss the not? days where I would prepare though, and and have you know dozens of lines ready for the show. You used to like the ones where I prepared. I did. I mean, uh, especially when you would have doubts about how good they were. Those are the good ones. Those are the good ones. Those are the ones that work. Except when they weren't. Um, jump in anywhere. The ones I've got for you, I want to hear if you've uh, if you if you got your book on drawing adorable. If you've done any drawing, you want to talk about dishwashers. Well, I want to talk um, about my dishwasher experience. I don't want to talk about the dishwasher itself. That's, the user experience was Doug. Was Doug Bowman uh, from Stop Design? Was no, I want, to talk, I want to talk about how about what actually happened with the dishwasher and is, what is I learned. Would this be a good time for you to talk about that? having to hand wash dishes for? Three, Have you? You three haven't weeks. seen season three of Fargo with Chris Rock, right? No, I saw that one. It's good. Damn. I liked it. I didn't think I would like it, but I would. This is phenomenal. Chris Rock is. I mean, everybody in it is so amazing yeah, like phenomenal. jason schwartzman ends up being like a perfect it's jason schwartzman character but chris rock is so good in that There's a lot of good people in that oh you know who's in it is uh is uh is uh is uh paddington 2's in it wishaw ben wishaw the handsome guy from the uh, james bond movie he's he's uh i think his name's Ra uh, rabbi milligan because <laughs> remember do you remember and oh by the way my kid looked this up there never was a real thing where mobsters would trade sons just so y'all know that was that was apparently a made-up thing for fargo the most bewildering part of season three of Fargo. Do you remember this? We're like, there's there's the Jewish mafia and the black mafia. There's the black mafia and the Italian mafia. And they swap children. Do you remember this? And that's how Ben oh, Wishaw. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember this now. Yeah, sure. And not, no spoilers, but, you know, Ben Wishaw used, was, uh, was, you know. You know what, you guys? You should check out season three of Fargo. It's really good. So what did I say? Season three? You season said season three. three. Yeah, that's the one. Season four. I want to talk about. Oh, I'm talking about season four. Okay. Although I'm going to watch season three next. And now the rest of the show is for you. Dan, um, what's going on with the user experience of your dishwasher, if you can say? Well, I had uh, the dishwasher broke about three week, two, three weeks ago. And I'm going to skip over the odyssey of getting getting it replaced. But okay. there was something that I learned about in, in the process of having this and of, of having to contribute a little bit to helping wash dishes that... I remembered all the things that I used to know back from when I worked in the food service industry and used to wash dishes for like a living. Mm -hmm. I remember lots of little tricks and things like that, none of which have any value. Oh, but, no. I don't believe that. Nah, but, like with like, with like, hot water, or there's some things you could... Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people don't know about hot water. <laughs> yeah, you could use hot water to yeah, wash hot your, water. Your yeah, dishes. Yeah. You can have gloves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But getting this thing replaced and getting getting the new one in... Mm -hmm. 
was such <laughs> this a... This isn't going to be like the DoorDash story, is it? No. It, this okay. was such an odyssey to get it done. And now, finally, I have like a new dishwasher here that's great, that works. But it was like, the thing that, that really just occurred to me is how many like moving parts there are to get something... Like, I don't know if you've ever done a dishwasher install. I've done a handful of appliance installs over I, the years. I feel like you don't even need to tell me another syllable for me to know exactly what you're talking about because the yeah. whole world is going through it right now. It's not just supply chain. It's not just... I mean, what I what I have gone through just with medical stuff in the last two months, it feels like nobody has ever successfully treated a patient before. Um, John, John, uh, John Sarkisa on our show also had a dishwasher problem and that led to a whole thing similar to this of like, it's so hard to get anybody to even return your call right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. People are trades. People are so busy with stuff. I saw a thing on the news the other week, uh, probably last week about some folks who uh, couldn't get a part. Is it, this might've been in Florida it was people who couldn't get a part to fix their electric and they were closed for like six or eight weeks. Because the part was just, and it's like we Amer we've lost the recipe for America. I like well, I like that. I mean, well, that's actually that's, pretty good. That's really good. And you know, you struggle but with is this. That, is, that, because, is, that, is that related to what happened? Well, I mean, yeah, in a way, because it took forever for the thing to get out here. And I mean, uh, what I was going to say is that a mm -hmm. dishwasher installation. It's one of the easiest installations that you can do as far as appliances go in a, in Replacing a an existing dishwasher an in existing. a spot of a known size. Yeah. So if it's a standard size dishwasher, all you really do is you slide the old one out. It's even got little wheels on it. You slide the old one out. There's usually two what I would barely call plumbing connections. One is um, an outlet, which is, takes the water out. And the other this one is This is one of those bendy... Water. Things like like if like I uh, like you install a bidet like those kind of like a bendy not it's not a pipe but yeah, it's, it's almost a, like a sleeve a, a flexible bendy metal tube uh, yeah yes. and 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 then there's the other one which is the hot water uh, inlet that you connect to the probably pre existing tube it's, that's really it and then there's a power connection. these are all pretty standard things standard connections this is something really we easy. know how to really do. easy got to it. do got it got it got and it. it's like it's so frustrating because you know like i could just pick one of these things up and install myself but that's not how it works and everything's delayed everything's behind it takes forever to get it out there and so in the meantime you don't realize if you have a family of like two three four or five people mm -hmm. how many dishes you actually create well, in the space of a day. especially if they're, if they're used to the dishes being yes. done for them. Yeah. Right? This is this also goes down for towels. This goes for lots of things where if you're used to a certain supply of mm. something, mm -hmm. well, there's an infrastructure in place that keeps that supply going. Somebody's washing those towels. Somebody's washing those thousands of pint glasses, young person. Like, somebody's doing all of that. And yeah. then if you keep living in the way the means to which you're accustomed mm -hmm. that stuff's going to pile up yeah you can't i mean basically you can't the you can't um, live like that yeah. you can't and so and then you 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 get to this point in your mind where like i know you especially of, of all the people that i know that i'm friends with um and i don't know if this is just you, you as a conscientious person or you as a conscientious person in san francisco mm -hmm. where there are a lot of conscientious people but i know that you've always done things like composting and being careful right. about separating we, we don't we just don't have the infrastructure and, for our proper dishwasher we don't have the electric or the water hookups that would enable or the room to right. enable it that's why 
Yeah, my wife would love to have a dishwasher. Yeah, I mean, and the it's idea that me. the idea that you're so, but like for people like me who've I, I've I've been spoiled. I didn't even know I was spoiled. Well, you're living modern life, all uh, like <laughs> like in that the, yeah, right. the jam album, all the mod cons. <laughs> like you're used to like having normal things, like a place where you can plug in more than one thing, and like that's you're living a contemporary life. You know, it's I totally got a normal. Little, I got a little bit of ketchup on that plate. I'll just grab a new plate. Just grab a yeah. new plate, right? I, like I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Just get a yeah. new plate. Get a new one. Well, you can't, you know, and my kids, of course, have been raised this way so that they're like, well, I got a glass of water and then I wanted a yeah. glass of juice. So I got I another glass. I from watching you, dad. Um, yeah, right. Right. But like you all of a sudden, and then meanwhile, like you don't want, I don't want to fill up the landfills. That's not my jam. I'm not about filling up landfills. But after a little while, I'm like, you know what, guys, let's just use paper plates and plastic forks because I don't feel like washing any more dishes. I just right. don't feel like doing it. Not and now doing you're it. generating, also generating more things to take out to the trash. It's right. like you, you don't, it's, none of this happens in obscurity. Everything is related. Yes. Yes. So anyway, I just, I just thought it was interesting because all of a sudden now I'm in the, I'm like here sitting here like, okay, I guess I got to like wash all of this stuff by hand. And then I went through a sponge. I used the sponge I use is the, the scrub, the scrub mommy. Do you know oh, yeah. about the scrub mommy? Yeah. We, we talked we, about it. Well, I've seen Shark Tank. I'm aware. Oh, I I don't watch. Uh, is that a, is that from them? So, are you kidding me? I don't know oh, the history. Oh, of if the you scrub don't watch mommy. it, if you don't watch, it, you wouldn't know. No, Scrub Daddy and all the scrub the Scrub family it started with it got big because of Shark Tank, and they're constantly doing updates on how great Scrub oh, Daddy is doing. Okay, okay. Well, There's so then you know you for don't you, buy it. Laurie. I can't believe you don't watch that show. That seems like your show. I did watch it when it was new, and I sort of fell out of it. But my my mom introduced me to the Scrub. Daddy and How's that different mommy? from the scrub? The scrub daddy is it looks kind of like a happy yellow, have a nice day face. That's like a sun. The scrub mommy is the you same. You stick your fingers. You stick your fingers in the eyes. Is that what you do? Well, I don't do that, but I suppose oh. you could. Well, um, how's it different from a regular sponge? Well, the scrub daddy is kind of a you know one that you would use to like get something maybe that is hard to get off. Oh, of. the scrub mommy's more nurturing. The mommy has half of like regular sponge and then half of that rougher surface on her oh like a woman yeah I so depending that. on which one of her two faces you are looking at she's well, either really nice lucky. or really abrasive sure the madonna whore uh complex wow so no no, 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 no so, what sorry i'm so sorry the the, the virgin sex worker okay <laughs> so I, you know you all of a sudden i realize that like in the past like that sponge like this thing lasts forever and then i'm like uh washing dishes all the time like yeah it lasts a week Oh, because now you're using it. And then there's this crazy thing that, yeah. uh, like, have you ever been? Have you ever been washing the dishes and you got the gloves and you get water down in the glove and then you've yeah, got a. So do you know? I I saw this stupid trick of how to flip of how to do it so that because I was sitting there with using like a, like a chopstick trying to push do, the do fingers through. Do you make like a cuff that keeps the water from going past? Yeah, it? it didn't. It didn't matter. It still oh. winds up, or it falls in. God forbid, it falls in there while you're you're using them. You know, I don't know. You should probably get some opera links. No, so listen uh, to what you do. Gloves. Listen to what okay. you do if you want to flip one of these gloves inside out. Okay, okay, this is the most stupid thing. It's so obvious. Like, why didn't I think of this? You just capture a little air in it and squeeze it, and the fingers will just pop out on the the other way. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? If you want to turn I, the glove I, I inside so. out it's, to let it dry. You put like I still, during COVID, I discovered, I don't know if they're rubber or nitrile, I've discovered the many uses of disposable gloves. 
especially for like just all kinds of different things, including like cleaning, anything at the time you're dealing with something that's gross, cutting up garlic and onions, great use for those. And I always blow it up a little bit with my mouth, kind of like a Howie Mandel. I'll just go whoop, yeah. blow it up like a balloon and then put it in. And also your hands should be dry when you put it in. I think that helps. Right. You're learning, you're learning glove hacks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you're, but you're using more daddies. Uh, or, or because you're or mommies, you sponge mommies because you're washing dishes more and you get, you get wet in your glove. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like all of these little things you don't even think about uh, in yeah. life. And I mean, I'm telling you sometimes it takes half an hour, 45 minutes to wash these dishes. You got to have a system. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, the different drying options are there. You got, you know, you use a pad, you use a mat, you use a, a what to, is it is well, it a, a rubber I, mat? Is it an absorbent I, pad? Write it, is write it, it a down because I, I could do three episodes. I could do three episodes God. on manual dishwashing. Horrible, and everybody's different. So wait a minute, you're telling me you don't have a dishwasher at all? You're doing this by hand? All that's just your normal life is to do mm -hmm. this by hand? Yeah, we got a. I'm I'm impressed. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, necessity is the mother of you know unpleasantness. We um we got a Christmas before last kind of. Sometimes there'll be these things we usually I I get usually at the some my wife will discover a thing sometimes and I will get the thing and then I'll go God this is the the silliest white person thing I've ever seen and it ends up being like really cool like we got we don't our heat in our house is just Jurassic so we got this thing it's like a fake fireplace have I told you about this we got a thing where it Did makes you? a it makes a fake flame look. It's got, it's really clever. It's it's almost like the same technology that we had in the early seventies for the fake Christmas fireplace, but it so it makes a flame that it reflects off of this plastic surface, but it also has a little heater inside of it that generates heat, and it's been great for two years. Like I, we bought it as it was kind of going to be the joke family present, fake fireplace, mm -hmm. but my wife and I swear by it now, and it's the best. <laughs> same thing happened Christmas before last, maybe. Where I got us this, I would describe it as it looks like a dishwasher you would see in like a, a an English, a small English or maybe Japanese apartment, and yeah. it's like this little, and it's not hooked up to anything, so I have to fill it manually. But I really, I really like it. So that's a way that I will go through, like, okay, all this, and of course, my wife could wash everything in this jokey dishwasher. I'll put it in notes. My wife could could wash everything in this jokey dishwasher in the time it takes me to just fill the dishwasher because she's better at it than I am. But I'm trying to help. I'm trying to do it more. So, but yeah, that's what we've got. But then you mostly do it manually. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel you. I mean, like, I, I, I am aware that there's a lot of things about being white. There's a lot of things about being a guy. There's a lot of things about being middle-aged that I've found it useful to become aware of. Like, sort of my danger zones to be careful not to lapse into the default of being a middle-aged white guy right um and uh I, I think that's i think that's really important but um I, i'm not sure what my point is but like i i think there's ways to adapt to these kinds of things in the same way that one might adapt to to practicing their sleep i think you have to get the right state of mind for this what is white middle-aged guys and all americans hate more than anything inconvenience mm -hmm. if you think about how much of our day-to-day -day suffering comes out of a disparity in the convenience we thought we would have versus the convenience that we were provided. I think if that's a thought technology for y'all to just kind of think on, like notice how often you're a little annoyed and it comes down to inconvenience. 
And of course, then we say like, oh, you're not allowed to feel sad about anything. You're not allowed to like want your seat in first class that you paid for. Well, you're privileged. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that like it's convenience is real because convenience feeds into the way you've organized your life. And if you if you're somebody who's like somebody in a commercial where it's two parents and 90 kids and a crossover SUV playing sports and rehearsing violin and all those kinds of things, you need that convenience to keep doing the other stuff that you would like to do. We can't all go back to like washing our sheets by banging them against a rock and expect right. to still be able to have jobs. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's blinkered. Like that doesn't make sense. So I'm actually sympathetic. And, but you got it in and, but what was it? Yeah, like I to came you? in and installed it, took him in, you know, it. and of course, here's the thing. He comes in, he comes yeah. in, he's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to reach under the sink there and turn off the hot water. Is it a and union thing? Union thing. I, I, well, yeah. I mean, immediately I'm like, this guy's clearly, he just like, you know, carried a dishwasher out of his truck into the car. I'm like, I'm sure he could do that. I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm sorry to ask you to oh, he's do probably that. Got strong wrists. He'd be able to turn it. <laughs> He's, he's like, but he's like, are you aware? I, you'd be like, hey, hey, just so you know, are you aware that by locating which one is the hot one, hint, it's the one on the left, and turning it clockwise for about ten seconds until it's hard to turn, that turns off the hot water. Were you aware of that, Mario? Well, what he was saying is that it's their company policy because a lot of the time the oh, the um, I guess they get stuck or something, and if they're turned and it causes a leak then it can't be their fault. So they have the customer turn off the water. That's so crazy. So that's I turn crazy. it off. That's, but that's of like course, going to have your oil changed and they want you to like remove the bolt. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah. So Which I'm you like, probably should do because those oil guys always strip the bolts. They always strip them. At least back when I had a car with oil. So I, 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 you know, I turn, I turn the thing and I'm like, yeah, it's not stopping all the water. And he's like, yeah, sometimes they don't. Like okay, wow. I guess I got much to think about, Mario. I'm like I guess I got to turn it off at the uh, at the curb. He's like, yeah, can you turn it off at the curb? I'm like, sure. So of course, you know, I'm looking for the. Uh, I have a water key. You know, the water key. We talked about this. Yeah, on you're the, looking uh, for the cutoff. Yeah, so I, I can't find the water key, which is water great. key. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the way that this water yeah. one is the the way the place that the little thing is that you got to turn. It's it's poorly positioned. The people who cut the shape of the box out left it. So it's very close to one edge of the wall of the sunken box. We've lost the recipe for America, Dan. It's just becoming more apparent every day. And it's like, okay, so now I can't just use a regular wrench to do this. I've got to do it with a wrench and I've got to hold the butt of the wrench with another plier. So I've lost half the torque already. And I turn the thing all the way off and it doesn't fully cut it off. And I'm like, all right, great. So you really? know, now we got to like drain the well, that's good to know. water heater. There's times when you're going to want to really be able to turn that off. But it's like one million things after Ugh. another. I know. And there, Dan, I keep saying this and everybody I'm sure is out there going, yeah, yeah, I know Merlin. Everything's connected. There's nothing that you can do. It's, life is a goddamn engineering problem. There's no way to change one aspect of anything. You're going to touch different systems. You're going to touch things in the same system. And a lot of stuff, and this is just true in life. This is true in code. This is true in the physical world of whether that's plumbing, electricity, whatever it is. Just so much of the crap in our life is is will continue to mostly work fine until you try to fix one thing about it, and that's when it utterly breaks. Because you can't fix it until, in this case, you turn that off. Well, now, now you got two problems. It's like regular expressions all over again. Yeah. Okay, so so what happened? Did you, were, you, were you able to turn it off to Mario's satisfaction? Yeah, I mean, I turned it all turned it all off. Was he and then, actually literally dressed as a as a Nintendo plumber? More like a Luigi than a Mario, but yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the, the other one, the suspenders, okay. and all right. 
but yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to um, basically drain the contents of the of the heater, oh the water heater, to because that there was no, uh, that's not accessible. But it's like all of this stuff goes into just replacing this little thing that is like a machine that saves you forty five minutes a day. It's just, it just makes you think about how reliant we are on yes. stuff, and like there you are living up there in fancy San Francisco, like hand yes. wash and everything. Oh, uh, like a monster, like a no, monster. I, yeah, well, I we should save it for the show. I think it relates to a lot of things because everything is related. And like I say, I'm going through this with with, I mean, like just yesterday in particular. I I don't want to talk about personal things, but we had it was my lady friend's birthday, and we're fixing to go out for a little nothing fancy. We're just just dumplings, just having dumps. Went out for dumps last night and uh, out by the uh, the basketball stadium. And we were able to glom it onto a pre-existing um, annual doctor visit for our kid, get a flu shot, you know. But, like, we had this weird perfect storm of just the, the medical system in this beautiful, gorgeous, brand-new building uh, at Mission Bay. But, like, for example, like, something I've been dealing with for the last week is, and I mentioned this on the Internet the other day because, again, everything's related. Like, I, I... I'll just, without going too deep in it, I don't like dealing with doctors. I'm now realizing that my not dealing with doctors is part of a larger pattern of not liking dealing with power. I will put into notes a, an amazing episode of Invisibilia that I'm begging you all to listen to. Amazing episode of Invisibilia about uh, power dynamics at work and learning how to, like, if you're somebody who grew up having a relationship, bad relationship with power and, like, who hasn't, mm -hmm. like the way you think about power has an impact on how you act at work and what you'll put up with at work, what you'll deal with. And long story short, they're now doing these training sessions for people who want to unionize and basically going, having them work through scenarios where you talk to your boss and you learn what your boss can and can't legally do or say. Ah, uh, right. Nobody does this. When do we pull people aside and tell them what they're allowed, what, what the, what the real law is. And like, without being a tool, they actually play these people recordings of people talking to their boss and the boss and the boss says something stupid. And what's the general thing with power? What's the general? The general thing is you better be careful or something might happen to you. That's the most basic exercise of power. And I don't have a way to do anything about it. I don't have a way to stop it. But you better be careful or you're going to be in trouble. And they teach people to say stuff to their boss like, you're, you're legally not permitted to dissuade me from starting a union. You're not allowed to, you are allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. I know my rights. Right. And like you just rediscover your own power. But the thrust of this piece that was so moving to me and got me really thinking just i'm just starting to think about this i'm going to be thinking about this for a while is that if you grew up with a weird relationship to power which i did in so many different ways i mean i've had some pretty traumatic events in my life that were because i followed along with somebody who was allowed to boss me and that could be a bully that could be a teacher that could be a family member we've all got traumatic things in our life because of our relationship to power mm. and boy, I'm starting to really notice that in a lot of different places. But, you know, but I, I think it's I think it's true. I'm really feeling it right now with this medical thing. I hate going to the doctor. So what, what I was saying on the internet, and this tweet will go away, but maybe I'll, I'll screenshot it and put it in notes, notes, notes. But I was saying, having listened to that wonderful Invisibilia piece about the dynamics of power at work, what your history, if you like, what your priors with power are, okay, um, that has an impact on on how you deal with power at work. And I was just thinking about 
just kind of like, again, kind of gathering string here about things I've heard in the last year about like um, people with obesity, or as they often call themselves, fat people, having a real problem with going to the doctor. There's a reason there's so much stuff that's screwed up in the system about how we treat people with obesity, how we treat neurodivergent people. Go read what, I want to say Venus, it might have been, but one of the Williams sisters, her experience with giving birth, the, the, the mortality rate for black women in childbirth is crazy higher than white women. Like the Williams sister in this that I heard about, she saved her own life by basically diagnosing something that doctors refused to believe existed. Power, 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 power. We see it. We see it in in, in all of these these different places. And I hate it. I hate going to the doctor. I I hate dealing with the medical industry. I hate all of that. Like you come in here and like, first of all, we're going to make you wait, and then you got to sit here, and then you got to do what we say, and you got to blah 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 blah. And, I, I dread it. So uh, I needed to do a doctor thing. Long story short, as I said, I'll put this on in notes. I had a one, less than one hour Zoom call to get me onboarded to this theoretically high touch uh, medical service mm -hmm. that, to which of which we are a member. I thought, okay, great, great, great. I'm going to finally get to use my privilege. It, if it helps at all, it's the company that was recently acquired by Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's mainly for healthy white people that work at Google. Mm-hmm. So one medical, and I had a scheduled call, and 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 forgive me if I'm going to be a little bit mean for a minute. I had a 45 minute call with a guy in a t-shirt who looked 13, who was an osteopath. Yes, I know that technically that's a doctor, but so are people with art history degrees. I had I had a I I had this call, and I received a bill two weeks later for six hundred and forty dollars. Mm for a 45 minute zoom call with what looked like a teenager to basically say, well, here's, here's a, uh, here's a prescription and, and go make lots of appointments. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. So I'm already getting chewed up in the system. I hate dealing with this fucking kid and like, I hated the whole experience. And then on top of it all, I get a bill for $640, which I tried to handle on my own. And I'm, and so of course I've got to deal with, I'm getting the email. I get the email oh, you have a new bill. Click here to go look at it. Okay, so what? No, okay, I go on the website and you go to the website. No, you got to go get the app. Go get the app and log into the app and you'll be able to see the thing we just sent you. Okay, it just, it'd be nicer if I could just kind of do this in an email. And so every, every time I tell you about the progress of trying to settle a what I believe to be erroneous $640 bill, understand that I am getting an email that I didn't have to click, I didn't have to go to the app and I talked to the person. And, and the person is claiming that this claim was, I'm going somewhere with this. This person is claiming that this was denied by our insurance carrier. And I don't know what any of this means. My wife is the pro on all of this, but I don't want to bug her. I'm a grown man and I'm trying to learn to take care of my own stuff in things that I don't like dealing with, including systems and doctors and money and power and all those things. And it just keeps, she says, no, 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 it was, it was denied. Could you, could you photograph? Oh, so I get a new email, new email. Hey, go, you got a new message. Go to the app. Hey, um, why don't you photograph your card and send it to me? I submitted the claim under this number. I said, well, that number's right. That's my insurance number. And I sent the card. She said, nope, nope. It's still being refused. I finally said to my lady friend, I says, I says, hey, do you know anything about this? Do you know why I'm getting this? I'm covered, right? I have insurance, right? She's like, yeah, you have amazing insurance. And I was like, okay, all right. She's like, look, let me take care of it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I feel like I can do this. Well, of course, finally, at the end of the day, I did give up and just gave my wife my credentials. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she, cause she's, she's the one who deals with this stuff really well, but I don't want her to have to do it. And I feel a little bit like a chode saying to my wife, Hey, it's your birthday. Why don't you go fix my bill? 
So she gets on the horn. She's dealing with all of this. And of course, she's a dog with a bone, man. She deals yeah. with this stuff great. Yeah. And she likes doctors. <laughs> Look at me, I'm Madeline. Anyway, so she's dealing with, with, with my gal at, at the place. And the person says, I submitted this to, I forget which it was. I submitted this to Blue Shield and it was denied. And my wife says, we don't have Blue Shield. We have Blue Cross. And here's the number. So, and, but then there's three more of these back and forth. And like, I could try resubmitting it, but they've already refused it. And she goes, look, you don't understand. You keep saying that. You don't understand you're submitting it to the wrong place. All this woman does, all person does all day is deal with stuff like this and doesn't know the difference between Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And another question that comes to mind as a former seasoned technologist, how were you able to enter this 18 character insurance number with letters and numbers? How did it even accept the code if it was for the wrong company? We're dealing with this, right? We've been dealing with this. So we're sitting there. We arrive for my kids' check-in. This is completely unrelated, except in so far as it is related. We arrive for my kids' annual checkup. Um, first of all, the doctor we're supposed to see, our regular doctor, turns out they bounced. They're not there today. Okay, whatever. Oh, also, we didn't tell you, but we've changed your appointment to be an hour later. Okay, well, is that something you, you get in the stand? Power? Power, power. Mm-hmm. We, there's nothing we can do about any of this. So we go sit. We go sit there, and, and while we're sitting there, we get. I get another email about this bill that I'm supposed to pay for six hundred and forty dollars, and like, but there was like, I don't want to get too far into it, but I'm just saying, in the time that we were sitting, we arrived at this place and we're sitting. We had three different, seemingly totally unrelated and yet completely unrelated things. Related, unrelated, yet related things where we're dealing with some kind of a system. I know everybody does this all the time. And I'm just sharing it here because I now see it through the lens of power dynamics. And I, as somebody who had a strange relationship with power growing up, I continue to be somebody who does not like dealing with confrontation about things. Doesn't like dealing with any of that stuff. And I think that's what keeps us down if you're somebody like me is you get habituated to this whole, like, fine. And I finally said to my wife yesterday, should I just pay the bill? She's like, no, you are not paying the bill because now it's a principle for her. Mm-hmm. But that when I say it feels like we've lost the, the recipe or, you know, lost the recipe for America, what did I say? What was the phrase I used? It was really oh, clever. Uh, I said, uh, no, it was oh, yeah, good. we lost, lost the recipe for America. Yeah. It just feels like like there, it, it, like there was a time when we had stuff like, I sound like John Roderick, admittedly. There was a time when we had stuff like the Marshall Plan. There's times when we've had stuff like uh, some of the Johnson administration movements. There's, this, this country has done some big projects and that like weren't 100% successful, but like I just feel like I, I the people who I, I, the people in whose power I have been required to trust for most of my life, I don't trust them anymore. I don't mean it in like a MAGA storm the Capitol way, but in a sense of like, Jesus Christ, it just, do we know how to do anything anymore? Should I have to be this much of an advocate for myself? in these kinds of things. And it, cause, and then, then of course, because let's go back to, and I'm sorry, this turned into a therapy session. One reason I'm the way I am dealing with people in power is I'm the one who always ends up feeling bad about it. And I hate it. I'm the one who's like incompetent or I'm the one who's weak or I'm the one and like, I hope you all know what I'm talking. I'm not, I'm not saying I hope you feel that way, but I hope you can be sympathetic or empathetic to that feeling of like, I'm tired of going like fighting frat boys all the time, fighting incompetent frat boys. All they know how to do is fight. Like, they don't know how to do anything else. And, like, whether that's the health system, whether that's the police, there's just so much stuff where you're up against power right now. This is a theme for me, Dan. I find it frustrating. And that's if they return your calls. Yeah. If. Big if there. Who charges $640 for, for, for a Zoom call with an osteopath? 
what, what, what is this? Communist Russia? Business. It's a racket's what it is. I'm going to put that in notes. My suggestion for y'all is to listen to Invisibilia. Um, it's really good. Can I ask you a question before we go? Yeah, go ahead, caller. Thank you. Uh, first time, OCD. So you watched season diggity four. You saw- Yeah, all the, the seasons of Fargo, I've seen them all. This is the Kansas City, Missouri, mostly based season. This is not Billy Bob. Uh, this right. is not uh, This is not uh, the kid from Friday Night Lights. Right. This is not Obi-Wan. This no. is the fourth season. Yeah. I wanted to ask you something because I thought of you. And if you don't want to answer it, you can say so. There's a character in this who one realizes fairly early on has some kind of a condition. Do you remember this character? He's a cop and he's corrupt. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. With hey, there's the, a cop the and he's door corrupt. Thing and, that he does, and, yeah. And they, well, how do they refer to it here? He talks about because it becomes part of the story. <laughs> yeah, like he's touched. I forgot all about. They say that. he's touched or he's. Um, they use the R word at one point. Is he an R word? Um, and I clocked pretty fast that a modern viewer could watch this and go, "Is it fair to say that guy probably had OCD?" Oh, yeah, I think that's exactly what he, he had. He has to knock yeah. on a door five times before he can before open it. Before he can it. open he, it. And, he yeah. can, and, but, and the higher his stress level gets... The more he's got to do it. I was curious. So do, do, you, do you remember it? Yes. How did you feel about that character, that characterization? Did it seem like a good portrayal? You I mean, know, I'm not I saying love you the... were like that, but as somebody who has... Yeah, no, had no, to deal I with love OCD in the past. This. Yeah, well, did you like? Did you feel like it was a, a fair and good portrayal of the guy? Was it comical, too, too cartoony, or did you see any, did you see any of yourself in that? How'd you feel about it? I I love that you're asking me this. Um, of course, just like probably most things, anytime that you see a portrayal of something, um, you're you're going to say, well, that's not realistic. I mean, one of my- Syracuse causes the plumber problem. The plumber like, if problem? If you're a plumber, well, yeah, yeah. I, I would think of it as the welder problem. When I think about David Letterman talking to the welder uh, who did a movie review of Flashdance, if you ask a welder to review Flashdance, they're, all they're going to talk about is how there's no way a welder could be that that person. If you talk to, if a plumber watches a movie and the plumbing in it is bad, it takes them totally out of the movie. Absolutely. And if you're somebody who suffered or been around people, and I get this with hoarding because I've got hoarding in the family. I've been around, I've watched, when I watch those terrible shows, I'm like, anybody who has had any medical background, they always have these same dingling experts come in. Anybody who had actually been trained in dealing with people with OCD and hoarding would never in a million years talk to people like that. Right. You would uh, never yell at people no. about the condition of their house. No one, no, no, no clinician, uh, professional clinician would ever do that in a million years. Maybe a professional organizer, but not somebody who understands the condition. It's it's like it's like hitting your dog. Yeah, it, it the closest thing that I would list as something that I would think many more people would be able to relate to than something like OCD would be playing an instrument. If you've ever watched a movie where there is a character who's supposed to be able to play an instrument and it's clear that they got a few lessons, but <laughs> they're just holding the neck. At yeah. The fifth they're fret. <laughs> yeah. Like they can't, you know, or they're, they're strumming and, and you can tell they're not making chord shapes or they're yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. And so like an interesting little side note, I forget the actor's name. It's really dumb of me to forget it. But if you remember the amazing movie Amadeus from the eighties, yeah. um, the actor actually, took many, many lessons and uh, everything- Oh, Tom, that, you're talking about Amadeus, Tom Hulse? Yes, that's him. Um, everything that he played is actually him playing it um, or playing the correct notes. And they went to great lengths to ensure this. Even when he's being held upside down and playing it backwards, he's actually playing the stuff that that is supposed to be playing. I notice and appreciate when people try 
I do really, too. I, I do really too. Do. I love that. And so in relation to this, there's, it, it seems very rare when OCD is portrayed, especially severe OCD, which I used to have is mm-hmm. portrayed accurately. Would you, in, would you say that guy's got pretty severe OCD? Yeah. And yeah. it, it's, it's, almost, it's not, it's, it's ungovernable. Like his life is, yeah, his life is out of controlled control. by it. Yeah. 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 And, if it's almost never right and you can tell this because the people that are doing the writing they may have researched it they may have talked to a therapist about or you know a, a phd or whoever about it and they understand it but it's it's very different understanding it than it is actually having it and living with it and so it's it always is a little bit inauthentic because they pick at, for, a lot of the problems that ocd people people with ocd have are not like especially cool in or or, or can't rep- be represented well. Oh, on, in some ways, it's almost like the way we deal with film? spectrum stuff. Like, not everybody has cool Rain Man skills. Like, some people just can't really communicate with. They people. can't. They just can't communicate. So, how fun would it be to make a movie about someone who like can't communicate compared to someone who says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You right. know, it's it's more fun to have them say, "Dad, let's drive slow in the driveway," than it is to have someone who like is. Is, is banging their head against a wall, which happens to a lot of people who can't communicate because of various neurological problems. That's not fun to make a movie, but if we can get a mm-hmm. guy who takes funny pictures and repeats himself, like that's more interesting. It's almost <laughs> the same kind of thing with with this and in general whenever you see something like OCD right. because they're like, oh, OCD people- like They're they, going to play up the parts that are amusing or that you have empathy for, but like still allow that person to be in the world of that movie. Right, like it wouldn't be interesting- <laughs> to show a 20 minute clip of someone repeatedly getting out of bed to check to make sure that the windows were locked, that they haven't opened since January. That's Mm -hmm. not really an interesting way to spend 20 minutes on film. But if you can have a guy that has to knock on a door before he comes in and goes out. Now I'll tell you this, I'm sure there are people with OCD who feel like they have to knock on a door, but that doesn't make sense because that's not what OCD is doing. OCD is an anxiety thing. And so that means they're anxious about something. Why would they need to knock? Generally speaking, I'm sure I'm going to get an email from you know somebody who has OCD and has to knock. But generally speaking, people are checking things that they're worried about. So what he's going to do is he's going to check to make sure that the door is locked, not that uh, not that he has to knock on the door. He's yeah, going to check the, the light switch like, 20 times to make iron, sure the, the light switch is locked. The iron is turned off. Right. That kind of thing. Because those, because the, it is, it is a what if game. OCD is a what if, well, what if I didn't mm. lock the door? That would be the one time that right. somebody's going to break into the house and kill my entire family, except me and leave me to be then framed for the crime. And now I'm going to prison. <laughs> oh, so not God. only has my uh. entire family been killed, but now I'm in prison for life. That's what the OCD brain is doing. Not, I have to knock three times. It's I better lock right, that it's door. Not, it's not that I'm, yes, exactly. It's not that I am being like, yeah, exactly. And that's why I always say, like, I feel like, you know, one reason I think that Brian Regan comedy special is so good is it spends more time than you people usually spend with the O than with the C. Yes. The C can be dis- portrayed by showing somebody knocking on a door. What's mm. hard to portray is the O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The obsessive well is said. Hard. The obsessive, invasive thoughts. Maria Bamford has done some amazing comedy about this. Uh, because I create work for myself, I'll find a link to her um, uh, holiday special where she talks about OCD. Um, yeah, yeah, but the the obsession and her going like, you know, like just the constant worrying, like her thing, which she makes funny but isn't funny, is she obsesses 
about incredibly dark sexual thoughts mm-hmm. and like doing horrible things sexually. And like, she starts to think like, is this who I am? Am I going to do that? I think about this so much obsessively, like what's next? Am I going to assault somebody? Right. And I mean, that's one of the things I never, I mean, yes, I definitely struggled with the things of like what I just described, like anxiety of like, oh, I got to drive back home from work to make sure I unplug the iron, even though I didn't use it since last Wednesday. I still need to drive back home for because 30 minutes to make sure. Once I, if your brain tells you, once I do that, I'll be okay. Right. And I, I just got back to homeostasis. And yeah. this is your brain <laughs> saying, I'll have to do this six more times, even though you will. Right? I mean, yes. isn't that the problem? Is your yeah. brain is trying because to persuade you that you'll be okay once if you I, check on Once this. I do this. And, One and time. The way that I think of OCD for people who are uninitiated with it, or I guess even for people who know what it is, I often think of it as a combination of it's an anxiety problem paired with a memory problem where you don't trust oh, your memory. Wow. So oh, if you man. think about it like this, a normal, uh, I'll say normal because I have OCD, so yeah. I can call them whatever yeah. the hell I want. A normal person. I don't, I don't hate neurotypical. A, no, a normal person, neurotypical person walks in the door and they turn around, they lock the door and they know they've locked it. And if you, if you said, did you lock the door? Like, yeah. And if you ask them an hour later, like, did you lock the door when you came in? Like, yeah. Right. Did you lock and, the and, door? And, just, and importantly, there's not an emotional valence for most people, neurotypical right. people. I don't think there's an emotional valence associated with locking a door. No, there's, yeah. Unless you're getting fine. chased by a Dracula. There's, there's <laughs> not, and, and I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like part of your, the memory part is huge, but also the emotional valence of how you feel so strongly about this right. that even if you quote unquote know that you did it, something is emotionally driving you to say, no, 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 you, you can't trust yourself on this. You right. need to go and back. A, so a, a neurotypical person is going to say, I locked it. And if you were to ask that same person, do you remember if you locked the door on, you know, Wednesday, February 9th, they're going to say no, no. And they're going to say, but your life depends on this answer. They're going to, and like that, and you pull out a, a sword and you hold it to their neck and you say the neck gets cut and your head falls off unless you can answer accurately that's the feeling of having ocd and laying right. in bed and saying wait did i just lock that door or am i remembering do, when i did it yesterday sort of a cascade of more emotionally um overwhelming feelings exactly where you know you can't trust your life you, right. And so all of these things come about about not being able to trust what you think that you've done, even though you know there's a rational part of you that says, there's no way that I walked past the front door on my way upstairs and didn't lock it because and I know I myself. And if I ever forgot, if in 20 years I forgot to lock the door, like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I will say, I will speculate that there have been times probably in life that I forgot to do X. Mm-hmm. Whether that is turning off an iron that's been in a closet for six months, right. or locking a door that I that locks automatically, or any of those kinds of things, but here's the past is prologue. There has not been a, a, a like it isn't like my house is getting burgled six times a day because mm-hmm. I never lock it because I'm dumb. Like it's been okay up till now. The mm-hmm. iron has not set the place on fire. Like you can try to. It's now anybody normal is hearing this and going like, yeah. Why would you have to say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But no. Like it. But what's funny is to a person who has flavors of this condition, that's not persuasive. The, it's not persuasive to say, well, you've been okay up till now, right? Because it's the it's the insecurity. Well, that's the whole point. Is is that that's well, that's what you don't want to trust anyway, because you say, well, yeah, I've been okay up till now. Uh, probably because I've been so diligent. Oh, God. 
And so, but you didn't feel it was too broad or more silly or something. No, I didn't think I didn't think it was too silly. I thought it was wrong. Uh, the and the, the and and what he would be obsessing about was would be different. But the way that it controlled him and the way that people react to it, who him didn't just trying to get, it, when they when they're doing the big raid at the train station, he's just trying to get out. <laughs> you guys, this is a, such a good season of TV. God, I love those two, the two women. Um, when they're going to do their, you know, what Eisenstein meets Brian De Palma train scene. What a scene. The guy can't get out of the car. Remember? He has mm-hmm. to keep locking and unlocking. Mm-hmm. He's like, just go, just go, just go. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they portrayed his, his emotional responses to the situation perfectly. Such a good show. Um, I'm, we should go. I found something. Thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I found something. I'm, I'm 90 some percent sure that this is exactly what I think it is which is a piece from David Sedaris's book, uh, Naked. I'm pr- this has got to be it. Okay, I'm going to put this in. I think I already put this in notes. This American Life, episode 52? That early? Okay. God, when, this is David Sedaris's second book. David Sedaris tells us it's called Plague of Ticks. And I remember this from the, it might have been from the audiobook or it might have been when I saw him live. I've heard him read this and it's very funny. Uh, Plague of Ticks is the name of the piece, 14 minutes. David Sedaris tells a story from his boyhood when a voice inside his head commanded him to lick every light switch and tap his forehead with his heel. Remember him talking about when he goes to college and he has the roommate for the first time and he can't stop doing the thing with his eyes or then he has to go and touch the frog or lick the frog. It's, it's funny, but it's oof. That's in notes. We covered the dishwasher. We covered power invisibilia. I'm going to make sure that's in here. I'm going to spend the rest of my day scouring through notes Notes for this episode. I got a Leonard Cohen song. I got a fine. I got a Lou Reed song. Remember that song, I Love You, Suzanne? It wasn't no, a very good song. I don't you do what you want to do what you can. Because I love you, Suzanne. Well, I guess that's more like a Dylan. <laughs> I'll play us out with uh, a little more Dave Grohl. Oh. Um, you know what's nice is a built in tuner. I could use that right now. Yeah, you could. So, Dan. Um, do you want to do anything you want to thank our sponsors or anything? I'll yeah, thanks very much Squarespace for making the show possible. Longtime supporter of the show. Go check them out, squarespace.com slash it's your show. Promo code it's your show to save 10%. I'm doing that from memory. I don't know if that's right. I know, it's perfect. Thank you. I love that song. Yeah. Um that guy can play drums. That guy can really play drums. Yeah, you know what's good he's is a, that he's a good um, devil too. He's a great devil. Oh, in uh, Tenacious D? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so good. Um, you know what's amazing, though, to go back to is I discovered this, added this to my Pretty Maids playlist, which I'll also put in notes. Songs from albums that must be played. If you play, <laughs> talking about OCD. If you play, if you play First of Giveth, you have to stick around and, and listen to, um, no, sorry, if you listen to, if you listen to, um, what's the hit? Dun, 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 dun. No one knows. If you listen to No One Knows, you must stay to listen to First It Giveth. Okay? From okay. from that Queens of the Stone Age record. Right. And Dave Grohl's playing drums on that, and he plays drums so right. That guy's really good. That guy can do fills. You know what I'm saying? He's a yeah, good devil. He's, he's a good devil. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I think that's... We covered a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Here, let me talk into my, uh, my whole... A lot of strands, man. A lot of strands. Oh, thank you, Dan, for doing the show. I'm talking into my F-hole. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.